This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. 770 CHQR. I'm Zach in for Rob Breckenridge. Today, Alberta Matters, conversation around um, the MAID, the medical assistance in dying. There is uh, assisted suicide. I don't know how you call it. I don't know uh, what the proper term is. I have a friend. Who I do some study with. Her name is Tracy Peterson. Tracy recently, very recently, uh, went through this entire process. Thank you, Tracy, for uh, joining me here today because this is really, really new for you. I appreciate you sharing the time. Thanks, Zach. It really, truly is an honor and a pleasure. So let's go backwards. And what do you call it first of all? Because I'm not. This is not my language, and I'm I'm not quite sure what to do here. Um, what do you call it when you subscribe to a doctor for help in passing? So the the term in Alberta is made, which stands for medical assistance in dying. Okay, cool. So now you uh, you learned that clearly. You have gone through this with your mom. Can you tell me uh, what happened with your mom? how it went about and when your mom passed. Sure. So my mom was diagnosed about 15 months ago with inoperable pancreatic cancer and at that time was given about three months to live. And uh, we we enlisted the help of a great organization here in Calgary called Wellspring. And it's just a great organization which supports people with cancer and their caregivers through the whole journey. One of the things they offered, and it's open to the public for this instance, was a presentation on MAID. So they had an ethicist, uh, a lawyer, and the actual doctor who who performed mom's um, procedure, as it turns out. And so we were familiar with the process and had had... Um, information and a small conversation in the car on the way home um, where we both sort of agreed that it was going to be you know, something that we would consider because we didn't want to see her suffering and we didn't want to see her dying. So it was always a question of balance. And uh, I wish now that I would sort of probed more into that conversation because mom started really declining the last few months and um, I ended up moving in with her full time and caring for her as best I could with the help of, of other dear friends and family members. And it just got to be to the point where she had declined so rapidly that we needed to put her in hospice for the last days of her life. And um, I think it was hard for my mom because she was so independent and, and strong and, and vital and alive. And for her to be in a place where she had you know, none of the comforts of home, she didn't have anyone around 24-7 to help her out, her quality of life just declined and her pain levels seemed to really be not able to be controlled. So uh, it was no surprise, but unknown to me that I walked into the hospice one day and the social worker said, oh, good timing. Your mom's looking at medical assistance in dying. So um, the whole hospice system was really great in, in shepherding us through that process and explaining to us exactly what would happen. Um, and it did happen fairly quickly, even though um, the team themselves has said the business is booming and they just, they just aren't able to keep up with the number of requests and they're looking to hire more staff. 
So um, we initially met with the first assessor on July 30th, and um, the mom had to meet certain criteria, and most, mostly around being um, showing an understanding of what she was asking for and what, what that meant and whether her family was behind her and whether she had any religious beliefs and that, and that type of thing. Um, really, really great procedure. Tricia, who came to do the first assessment, just really caring, really present in the moment, um, really compassionate, very, very professional. Just we, we felt cared for through every step of the process. And um, mom, mom was at the point where she really wanted off this planet and um, Normally, we wouldn't have had to wait this long for the second assessment, uh, which was August 7th. And she had said, um, based on mom's really strong desire to, to follow this program through, that they would see if they could send someone to do the second assessment and the procedure at the same time so that we wouldn't have to wait another two or three days after that second assessment, which is the normal process. So the team was great. I was able to talk to Lise, who is the nurse uh, uh, coordinator for the whole the whole process, and explained to, to her that you know mom really wants out of here, and I'm just calling to confirm that you're able to send someone to do the process right after the assessment. And they in fact weren't, but moved mountains to actually get the assessment um, second assessment to come the day before, so that the process could still happen on August 7th. So uh, they were very respectful, caring, compassionate, so gracious and kind. It was actually a beautiful procedure, Zach, and one which has left my brother and I at total peace and in a place where we're just so grateful that mom isn't suffering anymore and that she got to leave here with some dignity um, and leave here powerfully empowered and um, leave here with grace. And the real gift, I think, in this for, for the family, those that are left behind, is that we didn't have to watch her suffer the terrible fate that the medical system had told us about where you know she she would turn yellow with jaundice and eventually her liver would shut down which would shut her lungs down and and um so it's a blessing not to have to see her go through that and really um looking to find moments of gratitude for for what's in the past um to get us through this this time and really just really really grateful for the whole process and the availability and the system that is so supportive of those of us going through this and um you know the grieving process is certainly one that i know that i'm on for many years to come but right now um my overall feeling is just gratitude and relief well let's um let's talk about that day now understand when i share this story of mine i understand it's not the same but there was a time when I went through an experience with a pet, and it was my dog, and uh, same thing, liver had shut down, everything was shutting down, and we knew that end was coming. And so with a dog, the conversation is pretty common conversation in today's world, right? I go to the vet, they give you some help, and off, off it goes. But that morning, I know that I, you know, I spent the day with my pet, and I went through that. And I'm not connecting the, you know, I understand they're completely different. But I know that as I remember that morning, it was very surreal in the morning, knowing what was coming later in the day. So on August 7th, which is less than two weeks ago, on August 7th, when you're sitting there and you're preparing and you're going through your day, was there any moments where you just kind of stopped and went, whoa, what is happening? Yeah, for sure. It it was surreal, and and it seemed odd to me that in at one point I remember thinking in less than 24 hours I won't have a mother, and and how that kind of left me feeling. Um, and I was fortunate enough in in 
the type of disease that mom had, um, that I was able to really clean things up with her and um, allow us to have her leave this planet um, feeling completely complete with our relationship and completely uh, at understanding with how much we loved and appreciated and valued each other. So I didn't have anything I needed to say to her. She didn't feel like she had anything to say to my brother or I. So it was just really a matter of being present and keeping her um, at a place where she could mentally still meet the criterion because um, our greatest fear at that point was that she wouldn't and that she'd have to, you know, wait for for a natural death, which, you know, after a three-month diagnosis lasting 15 months, she's she's a stubborn old gal, and we we really didn't think she was actually going to make it to the second assessment, but she surprised us all. You just mean lucidity, like being able to answer the questions and all those mm-hmm. type things? And And it's interesting, Zach, because... Even though, you know, with the medication she was on to try and manage her pain, um, she ha- she seemed like she was having moments of um, just daydreaming and not being lucid at all. But at every moment through the process, her mind always was present and clear around her wishes. Does it allow you to remember your mom the way that you remember your mom? Because I know that when, you know, I've had family members die, by the time it's time, like they don't look the same. They're not themselves. Uh, yeah. They're really not here. I mean, to say checked out, I think is. I think it's. I think it's a safe phrase. I don't mean to throw that around loosely or as easy language. I mean, they sometimes people seem to just be checked out, right? And then yeah. every now and then you would get the look, right? And you're like, oh, there he is. And mm-hmm. um, um, but aside from that, does it allow you to remember your mom the way that you remember your mom? Yes, and and it was pretty clear throughout the whole diagnosis that what this human being was at this point wasn't my mom and I just I love to be able to be even in her garden and remember who she was and I love to remember who she was through connecting with her friends and and the people in her life that she shared herself with um, it's just really allowed um, a type of freedom that I didn't think would be accessible through this process does it give you space to heal do you think um, I think it gives me the time and the space to heal. And and that's standing in the face of not knowing what that healing needs to look like and just really living in the moment because something like this absolutely makes you realize that so many things we think are important aren't. And we have so much to be grateful for in this very here and now moment. Um, having that time to sort of prepare for what we knew was inevitable was a very powerful experience for all of us. What's your mom's name? My mom's name is Marion. Marion. Well, I, um, for, for full transparency for everybody who's listening, Tracy and I do a bunch of study around presence. So that's where we met, was in some study groups. And so I, I see you, uh, I guess it was since May, go through this. And mm-hmm. it's been remarkable from this perspective to see you go through it. Um, because there was times where, you know, <laughs> looking backwards, it was a bit of a swirl of, oh, man, what am I going to do? I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it was strong and powerful and all those things. But there were times where you, you struggled with all of it. Yeah. You've come through that. I can see that. And I wanted you to know that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks for sharing your story. Tracy Peterson, uh, less than two weeks ago. And I know that you have a date this afternoon with one of your mom's best friends. And so um, enjoy that time. And I hope you get to tell all kinds of great stories about your mom there too. You bet we will. Thank you so much, Zach. Appreciate 
Thank you. As it kind of hits, um, you know, I feel emotion there. I really do. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm lucky, you know. Uh, my mom is awesome. I, I have lots of friends who don't have that. Uh, Tracy is a great example of, of somebody that, um, that's been through that. Uh, when I think back to my grandparents and my parents' parents, I, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would have been an option. All I know is that, you know, at my parents' age now, when you get phone calls at strange times of the day, you immediately worry, right, out of the blue. And uh, that's just the reality of life and what it is. So, I like, I, for all you people that have gone through dealing that with your parents, whether it was with maid or without maid, uh, you know, I... I can't imagine. 403-974-8255-974. Talk your calls, your comments. Um, yeah. Greg says, hi. My mom used the MAID program in May 2019. This group was fantastic. My mom had been in the hospital since January and had no more to give. I was shocked she knew about the MAID program, but was so happy uh, she made the choice. She deserved to rest. I love my mom. Uh I think that to all the textures that have come in, there's a few of them. You know, this person is talking um, how uh, our guest was talking about herself and how she wanted to, um, and not said a word how she wanted to keep her mother alive. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, You heard it as cold, Nina. I did not. I heard it filled with love. That whole conversation was absolutely filled with love. Um, And I asked her specifically what it was like for her. I can't interview her mom. I want to know the impact of these decisions on you. Because that's who's left to live with it. I appreciate, Nina, that you feel angry to to listen to this. That's what the text messenger said. And the, the um, I can't stand this conversation. I can't stand how cold it is. I understand it's so easy to get rid of somebody. I don't think it's easy. I think it takes more courage to stand in the face. If your parent came to you and said to you, uh, actually, you know what? It was on, um, and this is just a TV show example, but it just comes to mind right now. It was on the um, designated Survivor TV show on Netflix. And that's what happened. The resistance, the mom came to the daughter and said, hey, I want to do this. And the daughter says, no, I'm not ready yet. I think it would take, I don't know if I have the courage, first of all, But I think it would take more courage to help in that and provide the peace and uh, and the suffering than it is to, air quotes on the text, get rid of somebody. Now, I share that text because you might not be alone in that. Turn this around the other way. And um, Ray says, I cannot call in and say these words because I can't even get through half of it without breaking down in tears. I'm so glad uh, that our guest, Tracy, was able to probably say goodbye to mom before her uh, faculties have deteriorated to a point where mom can't speak. I'm the legal legal guardian for my mother. I haven't been able to hear my mom say I love you for over a year now. She has early onset uh, frontal temporal uh, temporal dementia and I miss my mother, the strong woman that she used to be. She's far too, she's too far gone for this option. It's not about getting rid of anybody. 
at all. I think it takes more courage to stand in the face of that than not. And I think it takes more courage to say this isn't about me and what I want. I think the impact of standing in that is having to look at the mirror and go, but I'm not ready yet. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.